Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. The tragedy of the Gabby Petito case has put a spotlight on domestic abuse and opened crucial conversations in many families about how to spot the signs of abuse and how to get out of an abusive relationship. But there are other types of abuse that can happen to young people in relationships, emotional abuse, a controlling partner. How do we help people trapped in those situations? What should we be looking for? Dr. Kristen Francis is a clinical assistant professor at the University of Utah who practices child and adolescent psychiatry at the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and joins us on the line now. Dr. Francis, thanks for chiming in today. Hey, thanks so much for having me. So this is such an important one. We often, with these kinds of tragic cases like Gabby Petito, we we often look at kind of the end game of all of that and the the tragedy that occurs. Uh, But I I feel like we never quite get the conversation far enough upstream to look at some of the, the psychological abuse, the emotional abuse that often is a precursor uh, to some of these tragic endings. Absolutely. Emotional abuse is a really important um, topic for us to be having discussions about, really highlighted in the media right now, especially with the R. Kelly verdict yesterday. Yes. Uh, Again, that's another great example of this. So let's talk through that just a little bit. What? How how do you often see that play out? What are some of the, let's start with some of the things we should be watching for, uh, either in someone that we love and care about or even ourselves in a relationship? Sure, sure. So I think it's important to have a common language. And when, we, when we're saying emotional abuse, what, what we're really referring to is psychological abuse, which is basically when one partner uh, tries to control or treat another person in a way that frightens them, isolates them, or causes them to feel really bad. And this is a pattern of behaviors. So this is not just a one-time thing. This is something that happens repeatedly in space, Um, in time, in different situations, and it results in a trauma response in the person, um, uh, in the other partner. So they're having um, symptoms of um, being afraid or or feeling bad about themselves. So some ways that we look uh, to see it in ourselves or others is is looking specifically um, for intense emotional connections to your partner um, in ways that aren't healthy for you. So maybe... um, you're finding that you're more isolated from your friends and family. Maybe your partner is <clears throat> suggesting that there are things wrong with you hanging out with other people and they want more of your time. They express a lot of jealousy or uh, kind of monitor you, follow you, um, feel like everything you're saying isn't believable, um, even when it is. Um, oftentimes, uh, they can have you start to believe that something isn't true that you know is true. We call that term gaslighting, um, where they make you start to doubt yourself. 
Um, often in emotionally abusive relationships, there's a pattern of criticism, um, kind of constant about lots of things, things you need to do to change yourself, uh, to be more pleasing to your partner. And they can often treat you in ways um, by neglecting you if you don't fulfill their wishes or requests. Um, and these relationships, uh, you know, it definitely happens over time. It isn't right away, and it's not all bad. That's why it's so hard for people to recognize is because um, it's kind of insidious and, and cre- creeps in over time. Yeah, oh, these are all such uh, critical things. I want to drill down on just a couple of these uh, just sure. uh, in, in taking note here I, because to me it seems like the the real core components that uh, if you're feeling isolated, off balance, if you're in a position of weakness, um, that constant criticism that might be undermining your own confidence uh, mm-hmm. in, as you said, things that you know, the gaslighting and those kinds of things. Uh, as we start to see that, and as you, as you mentioned, it, it often is a subtle thing that kind of builds and probably gains in intensity uh, as time goes on. Uh, what are some of the ways or some of the things that we should be thinking about in terms of how do we short circuit that? How do we get people uh, so that they they don't get so isolated, so off balance, so without confidence uh, in that kind of defensive crouch? Uh, how, how do we start to have that conversation? So the most important thing to do is talk and uh, bring up your concerns to someone. So um, do it in a non-judgmental way, a very loving way, in a way that you start with, you know, I've noticed X, Y, and Z about your behavior. Maybe you're not, you're not, you don't seem to have as much time for me, or you seem, um, you know, like. Uh, you feel you feel bad if you hang out with me. Um, I'm worried about you expressing concern about observations that you've seen in someone else's behavior. Um, recognizing it, labeling it, those are the first steps in helping someone recognize that they are being abused or that you are being abused yourself um, and trying to get some feedback um, from other people. So if you feel like you might be in that situation, asking someone, hey, look, I often am feeling really bad in this situation. Do you think I should? Does that make sense to you? Um, Do you think I'm doing all these things wrong? So kind of checking it out with someone you trust. Uh, that that is so important, and uh, these are these are some of those uncomfortable conversations, but these are crucial conversations we have to have in our homes, in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our community. Uh, anything else we should be thinking about? Uh, again, this is one of those that I I always worry. Um, we're really good at moments uh, in our society. Uh, but we're less good at movements and sustaining these conversations over time. What else should we be talking about? Well, I think it's really important to know that almost always before someone becomes physically abusive or hurts another person, they have engaged in emotionally abusive or psychologically abusive relationships um, with them or or behaviors. And so uh, knowing that we need to be talking about, like, also, do you know, do those arguments you have, do they ever escalate to a point where you feel out of control and maybe, you know, accidents happen, like you're accidentally pushing someone or you're getting pushed and um, really trying to approach conversations about intimate partner violence in a non-judgmental, um, very soft way, I think is really important. Uh. Crucial conversation, Dr. Kristen Francis, a clinical assistant professor at the University of Utah, practices child and adolescent psychiatry at the Huntsman Mental Health Institute. 
Uh, so appreciate you joining us today. This is a crucial conversation. I would remind anyone uh, that you can always dial 800-799-SAFE. If you or someone you care about, if you think there is physical or psychological, emotional abuse going on, uh, there is always help uh, and great resources there. Dr. Francis, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I wish you the best. All right. Take care. Uh, again, crucial conversation. we got to keep that one going. Uh, and not just in the wake of the tragedies. Let's get upstream. Let's build a fence at the top of the cliff and not just park ambulances down at the bottom. Uh, this is something we have to come about and have to go at together in crucial conversations. Stay with us. Much more to come on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.